This episode is brought to you by Rescue Disinfectants. Stay tuned for a special offer from Rescue Disinfectants. Welcome to this episode of Chats with the Chatfields. This is a podcast to expand your idea of what impacts veterinarians, pet owners, and basically all animal lovers in the galaxy as humans. We are your hosts. I'm Dr. Jen Vet, And I'm Dr. Jason. If you have not yet subscribed to our show, why not? Please go to chatfieldshow.com and subscribe today. And if you want to reach us, and you've got a message that is filled with love and positivity, you can find me at jen at chatfieldshow.com. And for all other messages, please reach out to me at jason at chatfieldshow.com. Okay, well, I, I, I mean, I'm usually excited, but uh, I'm excited because we're going to talk to an old friend. I mean, she's been a friend a long time. She's not old, but she's been a friend a long time uh, Wait, today. Dig yourself out of that one. All right. I Dr. know. Jen. And I'm going to put down the shovel. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so, so we're going to talk to a professional in the pet care service industry and kind of shine a light or or at least illuminate it for, for the rest of us what's been going on in that industry. Because you have dogs, right, Jason? Yes, I do. And I know that lots of stuff has been happening in the industry. In the industry is a large group. It's not just you know veterinarians like you and I. It's a huge supporting cast and tangential things. And sometimes we forget how many people are involved in, in pet care. That's correct. There's a reason we call it the animal care team, yes, right? Yes, it's absolutely a team. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Led by the owner. If you've ever had to board your dog, if you've ever had your dog in uh, like a doggy daycare, because that's a thing, or uh, had had to have your dog groomed, which I wish more people would have. We their call dog it a groomed. spa day for the dog. Yes. We do that hundred percent. Yes, hundred percent. You should, if you're not already familiar, you should familiarize yourself uh, with our guest and with um, her association. So, into the chat room. That's chat with a capital C. Today comes Carmen Rustenbeck. So not only is Carmen a friend of ours, but she's been involved in nonprofit work for over 20 years and active in the pet care industry since 2004. And she actually is so committed to pet care and promoting best practices and strategies in pet care services that she founded an entire association, Jason, to help. That's crazy. I know. So it's crazy. And we need an association like we're talking about. It's a team. It encompasses all kinds of different disciplines. So it's mm -hmm. great to have an organization that sort of brings all of that together. That's right. And so she's telling me Carmen is the founder of said organization. Unbelievable. Yeah, she's a founder. So she founded and now serves as the executive director of the International Boarding and Pet Services Association. That's IBPSA. Wow, Carmen, welcome to the chat room. Well, thank you, Dr. Jennifer and Dr. Jason. I am so excited to be on your show today. Wonderful, because we have a lot to talk about. Yeah, you're not near as excited as we are to have you. So there you go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So first of all, I, we, we have to talk about IBPSA because I think, I think the first time I met you was maybe IBPSA wasn't very old as an association. And so you were, you were really kind of grassrootsing it, um, <laughs> working on getting members yep. and helping folks rec recognize the value of collaboration yep. um, within the pet service industry. Can you tell us a little bit about how that all came about? Yeah, I came to an association to work by accident wasn't in my life plan. I got picked up by another association 
uh, fell in love with the pet care industry, small business owners, how they started their businesses. They were in love with the pets. And needless to say, that other association uh, filed bankruptcy and went away. It was a great loss to the industry. So IBPSA was formed. And having worked for that other association, I had some idea of where we needed to go as an industry, what we needed to focus on. And so I went to the veterinarian community, actually. Oh, that's I said, I need some programs. I know, <laughs> I know. I said, I need some programs. And so I found some fantastic vets who wrote me some curriculum. We mm-hmm. took that curriculum and put it in boarding facilities, sort of took it on a test drive, adjusted language a little bit for the pet care service industry because we're not medical in our right. side of the industry, right? Yep. So we had to adjust the language, just do some little things like that. And then we implemented and that got us started and off on um, education for our side of the industry. So that's, that's a lot of what you try to do right? It's it's kind of bridge that gap between the veterinary care part of of the industry and the kind of the husbandry um, piece of it. So how does like, how does it work if you're going to become a member or should we, should our boarding kennel be a member or how, like, how does that work? So for the associations open to anybody who's interested in pet care, so we oh. accept anybody. So if you're Isn't just everybody looking, interested in vet care, I mean, everybody should be interested in pet care, in pet care right? <laughs> so let's say you want, you're thinking about coming into the industry. Well, uh-huh. where do you get the information you need to help make you that make that decision, right? Yeah. So you join IBPSA. We have lots of programs for you to review, lots of free webinars in our video library. If you're a facility, we hope that you join the association uh, uh-huh. for the extra support you get, the networking capabilities, the education that is provided. And even though we started out focused on pet care and how you take care of pets in your facility, Mm -hmm. we gradually have moved on to your business owner. So how do you know that your business is meeting the goals you need it to meet financially? Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. And are you thinking about exiting out of your business in the next 15 to 20 years? Well, what does that exit plan look like? And how do you know you're going to be able to meet the goals to retire or sell or whatever you want to do with that business later on? Mm -hmm. So we also came in during a transition time for the industry. Uh Uh, Traditionally, for the past, well, it's going to be 70 years now, it was family owned. Uh-huh. Mom and pops yeah. that were giving it over to the children. Right. Well, we're right. into third generation right now. And the fourth generation doesn't want the business. We're done. <laughs> so we've been passing on and passing on yes. and passing on. And now we didn't have plans to sell. So we yeah. went out. So how do we even start yeah. looking at the value of our business mm-hmm. and put that out there to to be sold. So because of that big transition that we came into, it sort of forced us into the full life cycle of a business owner. Oh, right. Like the, cause you, the, the business component of it, not just the care. Yes. Although right. I would say they're kind of, uh, all of that is related because it is. Like, if, like if I've been boarding my pet at the same place, that entire life of that mm-hmm. dog or that cat, right. And all of a sudden it changes hands. I mean, why, why are y'all leaving the, the birds out? All right. I know. All right. And the lizards. And right. anyway, if it changes hands and it's not a smooth transition that affects like my pet because right. it's not the same situation. Maybe this, maybe the new owners aren't doing things like, like the old owner did. Maybe they don't right. care. Maybe it's like a nameless, faceless corporation or something. I don't know. Right. 
yeah, that that is a big challenge. So we we encourage our facility owners, but we encourage them is to make sure that the last four to five years that they are owner of the facility, uh-huh. that their general manager and all their staff are running that fully, that oh. they're just every now and then they're just popping in, but that facility runs without them. So that's the best way to keep that continuity from mm-hmm. one owner to the next is that mm-hmm. your GM and all your staff are running the facility, it's going and that care is maintained. And so when the new owner comes in, it's almost what we're going to call turnkey. Yeah, because everybody's there. Yeah. Everybody's working the same, and nothing changes except for who owns. The yeah, building, and it's great the for the staff because they don't have to worry about it. They get to keep right. the job. They just roll right. with it. And, yeah, that's oh, it. Listen, listen. And, and you yeah, guys provide it. information about all of that as well. That's yes, how we, we kind of got on the subject, right? Yes, so that's, yes. And it mm-hmm. really is a a full circle sort of all encompassing association. I had no idea you guys provided you know exit strategy, which. Which yes. is a big deal, right? It I don't know, but why can't fantastic. we get that exit? Why do we have to wait till we've been running the business for 20 years or something? Like, can we have that exit strategy starting like after the first year? Can it just be turnkey for the current owner? Right, <laughs> right. Well, see, that's that's the other thing. When you think about pet care and mm-hmm. how do we provide the best care for pets, mm-hmm. we, we have to think about if the owner is stressed in any way, shape, or form, then that best care for pets isn't going to happen because the owner's under stress. That is, and if the that is 100% stressed, correct. Right? Like Cosette will tell you yes. if yes. I am stressed things are not great for her right mm-hmm. she's not getting her chew on time yeah more the, importantly she tells the rest of tells the rest of the does. world that you're stressed <laughs> right? so Very we all know yes <laughs> yes yes not that Cosette is in any way spoiled or <laughs> right not at all not at all not at all but she's so, definitely in charge yeah for yes. our first time listeners you might as well tell them that cosette is not just some figment of your imagination that is your your little frenchy uh mm-hmm. puppy right that's now, correct right? Yeah. that's correct a frenchy puppy yes and so uh, your imaginary she, friend not that there's anything wrong with that but it's no, no. that's a real living but she's real being right. and she, okay. she's small but mighty um <laughs> okay. absolutely yes so uh so i get that but i will tell you that until i had a little dog i wasn't as concerned about a lot of things Right. Because before I had Cosette, I had border collies and they basically can take care of me. Right. right. There, those dogs can. But, um, you know, because that's a little bit more higher maintenance. But uh, and I, and I want to ask you a little bit about that users like typical um, pet owners that um, utilize the pet service industry beyond boarding mm-hmm. on spring break or something. But before we get to that, we want to take a quick break and we'll be right back with you guys with Carmen Rustenbeck and the IBPSA. Hey, Jen, you're pretty germ-aware. In fact, you even like infectious disease, correct? Yes, why? Well, I gotta tell you, everybody's always asking me, is there something they can use that's safe, non-toxic, and effective, especially against those biggies like kennel cough, parvo, and ringworm? You got anything you suggest? Oh, dude, that's easy. Rescue disinfectants. They're powered by hydrogen peroxide, and so they're tough on pathogens, but they are totally non-toxic. No horrible odor or fumes. And Rescue Disinfectant is a one-step disinfectant and cleaner. Wow, that sounds foolproof. Nothing is foolproof, Jason. But Rescue Disinfectant is the only fear-free disinfectant, and it has a short one to five minute contact time. Plus, are you ready? We have a special offer just for the chatterboxes. We're talking to you, boarding kennel. Doggy daycares, groomers, 
rescues anybody with an animal facility. That's right. Rescue Disinfectants wants to help you show your staff and clients how much you care about them with a free pandemic toolkit. This toolkit is packed with resources from window clings, posters, to tent cards. And by using these, you will be informing the world that you are using Rescue Disinfectants and that your facility is disinfected with the only fear-free disinfectant. So go to rescuedisinfectants.com slash chatfield show to get your free toolkit. One more time. Rescuedisinfectants.com slash chatfield show to get that free pandemic toolkit and let everyone know that you're using rescue disinfectants in your facility. Welcome back. Yeah, in the chat room today, Carmen Rustenbeck with the International Boarding and Pet Services Association. And I should say before we get too far into this, you can find out all kinds of information um, if you have other questions or if you want to join the IBPSA, ibpsa.com. And I'm going to drop a link in the um, description and in the show notes so you guys can go check it out. Because as we just learned, I, I didn't know this. Did you know this, Jason, that anyone can be a member? I did know that, but you should go check it out because, of course, I'm checking it out right now, and it's awesome. It's got a ton of stuff on there that we'll probably get into later, but it, it's really, really interesting for 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 everybody who who has a pet and is in the pet care uh, industry. It's fantastic. So you have done a great job. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, and I and that that's the thing I think is interesting is that as I was saying before winter break, like I have a little dog now, right? Mm-hmm. A little breed dog, not like a working dog, and. My whole outlook has shifted on how I take care of this little creature. Do you find that? Do people who own little dogs more often use um, boarding and doggy daycare services and grooming more often than people who own big dogs? Or is there no difference? There's really not a a great deal of difference. I think where you find a difference is in the facility type. For instance, I have a facility in the Midwest. And uh-huh. all they take is dogs that are 40 pounds and smaller. That's it. Okay. And um, they do everything. It's like they're kings and queens at this place <laughs> for the time they stay there. <laughs> the dogs come in. Their bedding is changed every day. Mm-hmm. They get treats every day. They get somebody that comes and reads to them every night before they go to bed. They have a chef that get- makes food for them. Look at Dr. Jen making a face about, about being read to at night. Come on. You don't, <laughs> I know you read story. to Cosette and I don't act like you're not reading Cosette a book every night. Uh, See, I can't believe making yes. a bedtime story. Cosette gets like a, a rerun episode of the first 48. Like that's what... <laughs> That's what Cosette gets. So what I, what I find interesting, and we're going to probably, this is probably delving off into something really not what we were headed for, but that facility was in the Midwest because that sounds like every facility, you know, down in Miami with all the poodles and the frou-frous yeah. and, yeah. and the carry dogs yeah. and, the, and the shopping market, <laughs> right. the shopping store stuff. So I'm surprised they don't, I thought you could say 40 pounds and over all those working outdoor, oh, you know, no. working dogs. Interesting. I yeah, guess you got so, them everywhere, right? There's yeah, all kinds so, of pet owners everywhere. There are. And and everybody thinks about, well, I wouldn't do that if I had that type of dog until they have that type of dog. <laughs> right. And then it all changes up pretty soon. There is nothing you won't do for said dog. Or oh my gosh, that's so true. That's so perfect. You just <laughs> epitomize exactly what Dr. Genevet went through. That exact thing. Yeah. Talk to her in September of 2020. I never do that. 
get Cosette. <laughs> what? Of course we do that bedtime story. What are you talking about? Everybody does. I mean, she has her own sofa. Like I bought one of those oh. doggy sofas. Absolutely. And put that out on there. That's it's, crazy. Look, I am not ashamed that I love my Frenchie. Okay. Uh-huh. And so she, like, it, I mean, it's like, uh, it's nicer than some sofas that Jason and I had in college. Oh, I thought you were going <laughs> to say right now. Anyways. <laughs> And so I believe it. I believe it. Other thing um, that I wanted to talk about too, kind of like goes right along with that, because not only do you not realize how that pet will shift your perspective and what you think as kind of the standard requirement for their everyday care, but then we had the pandemic, right? right? Like 2020, I, I was talking to somebody the other day and I, and I said that the year 2020, I said, it was kind of like um, in the Avengers universe the blip. I feel like 2020 just like we just lost a year. <laughs> right. There, right. Exactly. Exactly. So- yeah. You know, and I think it was a real challenge for pet owners for 2020 because here they were, if you had a dog that needed grooming needs, you oh couldn't my get your dog groomed. Yeah. So now how, how do I take, they had no idea how to groom their own dogs. Mm-hmm. So in response you could, you to that, legally anyways, Right. There, there was some down low stuff happening yeah. before oh, yeah. I was all the time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll just keep that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So what ended up happening is in the pet industry, they started doing Zoom training on how to take care, how to how to groom your own dog. Oh my gosh. So you don't know how to clip the nails. OK, let's do a, a Zoom class on how you clip nails. Yep. You don't know how to clean ears. Let's talk about how clean ears. You don't know how to brush teeth. Let's talk about let's how talk you keep about your dog's it. teeth brushed, you know, yeah. and then you just long-haired dogs. I really felt oh. sorry for the long-haired species because oh gosh. anyone out there that owns an Afghan, right. like we, we oh feel gosh. your pain right now, especially yeah. if they've yeah. got a show coat. Holy right. moly. <laughs> I know. So it was really, really difficult for those, those people who had those, those dogs that needed that mm-hmm. extra care more than just my black lab. I mean, throw them in the bathtub, yeah. clean them up. He's good to go, right? <laughs> but if I had a dog that needed to be brushed, all mm-hmm. of that, all the time, mm-hmm. that became a real challenge for those pet owners. Mm-hmm. So that's where pet services stood up. But I think the other thing to that that people started to realize was how important grooming was to the health of the dog. Oh, when you get matted hair, right. that's yes. a whole different ball game. When you've got a dog that hasn't been groomed in three months, they've got matted hair and they're used to getting groomed every 30 days, whatever the case may be. Those were really hard cases to bring back into the groomer. Well, and that's <clears throat> when some of those would show up to us, right? Yes. To the veterinarian, because instead of getting their routine skin care and coat care, yes. they get, like you say, the mats and um, all sorts of other things. And their ears. And so underneath those mats, if you don't, if you don't properly care for your dog's coat, they can get all kinds of skin infections underneath the mat. If you bathe them with wrong stuff, if you don't bathe them at all, if you bathe them too much, it's a happy middle, just like for, for our skin, Mm -hmm. um, the same thing. And, um, I think that was a bit of an eye opener for maybe some folks who did not own dogs who thought that their friends were kind of indulging their pet or uh, that this was a discretion situation and they they just uh, were spoiled and mm-hmm. you know took their pet to the groomer no it's a real legitimate health Absolutely. and welfare issue for a lot of pets um, yes. so I'm so glad you bring that up yeah yeah so when the so last year that was sort of a challenge so mm-hmm. a lot of boarding facilities have groomers on staff mm-hmm. so the way some of them were able to work through that problem was if the dog was coming 
uh, for daycare or overnight boarding for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. then they could take care of the dog on the way back out of the boarding facility. So that was, that was helpful. Um, I think the challenge was uh, finding a boarding facility that had a groomer on staff who could still, who was still working as opposed to had been laid off because of the situation that we found ourselves in as small business owners. Yeah. Right. Especially, especially in the beginning when everybody yes. was, was, was essentially, you know, laid off mm-hmm. uh, yes. or, or in business mm-hmm. basically ground to a halt uh, seemingly overnight. Yes. Uh, and you brought up a great point. And we try to look for positives and all mm-hmm. these giant negatives. Right. And that's a pretty right. big positive for the industry that you don't really know what you have until it's missing. Right. And it went that's missing right. and you realize, Oh my gosh, you know, I will really depend on these guys. Mm-hmm. Not because it's easier for me, but look at my dog is so much healthier, right. mm-hmm. uh, so much happier. Uh, yes. And I'm, I'm really, it's really glad that everybody's kind of getting back to normal, but uh, that mm-hmm. shall never be taken for granted again, hopefully. Right. I hope so. so. Really I good. hope that we remember yeah. this for a long time going. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's, so that's the other thing. Cause I know you and I, um, during 2020, during the pandemic, mm-hmm. we had a couple conversations for IBPSA uh, members about the threat of COVID with their pet, mm-hmm. you know, could the pet transmit it? Cause initially people were concerned about that. And then yes. secondly, if you were concerned about that, then what could you do in your in your business setting in order to mitigate that risk? Because I think right. people sometimes forget they think of the veterinarian, right? Like because mm-hmm. we're we usually see sick pets, but as it turns out, a, a lot of animals or pets do not get COVID, right? It's not like commonly happening, right. but there is a handful. Right. You know, there's been millions and millions and millions of cases of it globally in humans and a handful in domestic pets specifically. Right. But people were still afraid. Um, and I always yes. say, well, if you're afraid, then just get some information and turn that into awareness. Um, and so talking about how you could mitigate that risk as a pet came in for mm-hmm. services once once those uh, services opened back up, no one thinks about groomers and boarding kennels and doggy daycares. They don't they think about the veterinarians in the practice, but no one thinks about folks who are working in those ancillary mm-hmm. industries. And right. I say ancillary because we're veterinarians, right? And you guys would probably like think your members would largely say that veterinarians are ancillary mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to the boarding <laughs> and pet services industry, right? Right. They would. Yeah. But in, in reality, as it works, as all things work, if you are building good relationships in your community, between your veterinarians and your mm-hmm. boarding facilities, then they see each other as partners in the business of full service pet care between the yep. two sides. We have full service pet care. So um, it's a team effort, right? It On is. both sides to make that happen. And, and that's when, when, when it's really wonderful because if, if uh, like when I'm standing in the exam room, if I am not the first time that a pet owner hears about a vaccine preventable disease mm-hmm. or about, you know, I, I, I may see the pet twice a year. And if they are already aware that the pet is missing fur in a, an area mm-hmm. and that that skin is red and inflamed and that we should address it, if the pet's not getting groomed once a week, like it normally is, people may not notice something like that. Right. And so it's helpful when a groomer or a boarding kennel associate will say to them, hey, did you notice this? Because, you know, we see him every week. We didn't know if it had, you know, you knew why this was here or not. Oh, oh, you don't know? Great. We really think you ought to have him seen by a vet. And guess what? Don't bring him back <laughs> until he's seen by the vet. <laughs> right, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really important for people to know when you go to a boarding facility, especially if it's a boarding facility that's using best practices. Mm-hmm. Um, if the dog is coming to stay for a while, like overnight, a long a period of time, mm-hmm. they usually do a snout to tell 
hands-on inspection right in front of you with that dog. Mm -hmm. So they can catch any problems right up front. Mm -hmm. And then when they, before they release the dog to you after the boarding stay for however many days that is, they do another snout to tail inspection before they release the dog. Now, what you don't know is that snout to tail inspection is happening every day. It should. Uh, Yes, it's been happening every day. If they're Mm -hmm. doing best practices, that's what's happening. And then you get a report card. When your dog gets sent home with you, your dog gets a report card. And that report card will have anything on it from grooming was really well, ate well with food, Mm -hmm. all the poop cycles happened that were supposed to happen, drank really well, and oh, love to play in doggy daycare with, and they'll name the other dogs that we love to play in doggy daycare with. Oh, they'll name the other dogs. I love it. And then if you're lucky and you have a boarding facility that likes to post pictures, they'll send you pictures for your Facebook page. Hey, here's Java playing with Sally. And, you know, so you'll get those pictures, ongoing pictures throughout the day. Um, And the dog side. Now on the cat side, it's more interesting when you're working with the cat side. Isn't it always? Isn't it always? I know. Mm -hmm. So they do have cat daycare. So you can have your cat go into another area where they can climb. If they're a climbing cat, they can climb or they'll have somebody to play with them for 15, 20 minutes. And then they go back to their enclosure. I wonder in the cat daycare, do they have someone just come in and sit down and be ignored by the cat? Like, does that, do they, do they provide someone for the cat to ignore? To ignore. Absolutely. Because that's the cat's favorite thing to do. Oh, look, the human has come to worship at my feet. So I would like, I would advertise that as like uh, uh, some sort of um, uh, value add for cat owner. It is. Yes, it is. You might might be onto something there. Yeah, we'll provide someone to your (laughs) cat. Absolutely. Excellent. That's right. So at at those facilities that, so we do have facilities that all they board is cats. That's what their focus is and all they board is cats. And so at those facilities, they're equipped with a way for pet owners to Mm -hmm. talk to their cats while they're in boarding and they can use a little tool to play with their cat or give their cat a treat or whatever. So there's more interaction because of the way cats are as the species that they are. So Mm -hmm. they try to provide different things for them. So Mm -hmm. those boarding facilities that deal just with cats, they have some very interactive uh, AI equipment, I could Mm -hmm. say, Mm -hmm. for the pet owner to use when they're boarding. That's incredible. Jason, did you know about that? Uh, I did actually, only because we've, we've boarded our dogs before and, you know, we live, we live in down South Florida, Miami and have like high tech toys everywhere. Uh, Mm. and so I, we didn't partake in that, but we were told about that, that we, we did not find a place that offered the, uh, person for the cats to ignore that would, that is new. (laughs) And I do think that is very astute of you and, you need to yes. somehow copyright that intellectual property and, yeah, I'm sure. and do something Absolutely. with that, right? Because because not only does that provide great monetary value and 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 for the for the for the business, but and it's really good for the cats. It pra- gets them right. practice ignoring people. Exactly, it's really good. Exactly. Oh exactly. my gosh! By oh the my way, gosh. for those y'all, nobody can see the video right now. But mm-hmm. when I said I did know about that. Dr. Jen, the vet, my sister did nothing but show me the biggest eye roll in the world. Oh my gosh, she didn't know about that. This, uh, this is unbelievable. This well, is just crazy. I mean, why wouldn't I know about that? I, I mean, I'm just not thinking that you went to like a cat boarding facility recently. I, I didn't, but they were they were good, and they told us what they did. And, they they and made they, you they aware. They said we have some cat stuff, and I said, "Oh, that's cool." I found it very interesting that you can touch a button or do whatever. I'm not sure how it worked, and the cat would get a treat or something would move. 
you know, hundreds of miles away. It's crazy. It's crazy town. Yeah. That's that is the new world we live in, isn't it? I mean, you can get the same if you're a pet owner, you can have the same kind of AI equipment at your house where you can oh, you yeah, know, that's true. program it. You could talk to your cat or dog or mm-hmm. whatever and drop streets. Are you just trying to make me feel like a bad cat owner? Is that <laughs> is that what you're doing? Is that is that your whole plan here? Substandard I- feline care happening. <laughs> Substandard, yeah. Yeah. So what do you think? So for pet owners, so I I like to ask this question of folks who are experts in their industry, like you are, especially because you have such a broad perspective um, on everything that's happening. I mean, it's an international association. So what do you think is the one thing that, or maybe two, but one thing that you think that, you know, most groomers or boarding kennels or doggy daycares or cat daycares wish that pet owners knew, man, I wish people knew this because nobody seems to to get it. Nobody seems to understand that because from the veterinary side, we definitely have that. Like, I wish (laughs) that everyone knew that it was okay to have the whoever it is that grooms their uh, pet or that they board with contact their vet if there's an emergency because so many people don't know it. And then we see the pet and it's too late or our hands are tied because it's an emergency and we don't have any sort of um, authorization from the owner, which makes it tricky for us. Right. And you wouldn't think of that. Right. Unless you were someone who'd face that situation. So is there anything like that, that the boarding and pet pet services industry, like I wish they knew this. I think that if I were to put all my boarding facilities in a room and ask them this question, I think probably the thing that would rise to the top was I wish that the pet owner, when they called to schedule a boarding or grooming or daycare or whatever it is, that they gave us complete information when we asked questions, that they just didn't sort of give us half answers. They gave us full answers. So for Mm -hmm. instance, the dog is coming in for boarding and the receptionist says, is there anything we need to know about Java today? Has Java been acting okay? Et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Oh yeah, Java. Yeah, he's been fine. He's been fine. Now I Uh failed to tell them that Java just had a real scary night because it thundered all night long and Java's a little, even though he's a 72 pound Labrador, he's got this little fear of thunder. So it takes a little bit of extra care. So Java's come off a stressful night and now I'm going to throw him into doggy daycare. Mm-hmm. That, okay, that is, that's a lot for, for right. a pet. It is. It is. Mm-hmm. So if you would think about your answers fully to your pet care mm-hmm. service provider, that would really help the facility take better care of your pet. Mm-hmm. and not put your pet in a more stressful environment than they would normally could handle, right? So I think that would probably be the thing. Answer all the questions fully. And especially if you if it's your first time at the mm-hmm. boarding facility, answer all the questions fully, including the question that says, what is the name of your veterinarian? <gasps> Please and, write that down. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you understand that if your dog is hurt while in our care, we will be calling your veterinarian and, mm-hmm. oh, we need a credit card with an amount limit on your credit card that we can spend. Mm-hmm. Until we can get in touch with you. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So the questions that are asked are asked to make it easy for the care of the pet and to sort of have the pet owner understand that the facility has the best interest in their heart for the pet and for the pet owner. So a lot of times pet owners will say, well, I don't have a second contact. 
please find a second contact. Go get one. Buy a burner phone. No. (laughs) (laughs) You know, because how many times have we had something happen with the pet and we Mm -hmm. need to get in touch with the owner and the owner is unreachable. Maybe they're in a zone where their phone doesn't work and there's no second contact. And so the facility is left to make a decision quickly to take care of the pet. So it's always a challenge. Just don't begrudge us the information. Yeah, communication is important in, in, in all the industries, all all around the boarding, the veterinarian, right. the groomers, everything. Communication is great. Um, and those are pretty astute questions they've asked. The people working in this industry are asking those questions from a place of, uh, from a perspective of experience. Right? And care. We should probably right. ask that question to the next people. And it just makes it better <laughs> yeah. for, for everybody. Right. So, mm-hmm. Well, and um, care. They're, I mean, they're asking because it, it's not in their best interest either for the pet to go home sick. Right, you know, exactly. Or go home like missing a big patch of hair where they yeah, were. Or not know that I just spent the night under the bed cowering because of a, a, a yeah. really terrible yes. thunderstorm, right? Yeah, right? That puts everybody in kind of, a, especially if it's a 72 mm-hmm. pound lap, in a bad position, right? Right, um, yeah. exactly. They, w- they would take mm-hmm. care. So, so mm-hmm. yeah, interesting. Yeah, yes. I think that's really, um, I think that underscores it a lot. And, and that's why, um, so I've been, <clears throat> I've been to some really interesting giant uh, groomer shows. Right. Did you know this, Jason, that they have? I, um, I did not know that. Yeah. And I'm glad you asked me because I was going to say, what? No, give you the big eye roll back. OK, mm-hmm. right. Don't give me the side eye for that. I, so I went to um, Intergroom and yes. I went to the American American Groom or something <clears throat> and then um, then went outside of Chicago. Anyway, if, I didn't really know what to expect. I mean, who who would know mm-hmm. if you haven't been? And let me just tell you that if you think you know what to expect, you have no idea. <laughs> Because I got there. Number one, it was the most interesting people I think I've seen in a single convention ever. Because these are very creative people. This is a grooming, like a convention of of groomers and 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 associated. Uh, no, it was just uh, it was just pet industry. groomers. Okay. It was just okay. like so dog right. groomers, cat groomers. Um, but really, they were people who, while they may groom dogs or they may groom cats or both. They pretty much love all animals. Right. I mean, okay, some of them didn't like snakes and stuff, but okay. But they were uh, some of the most inclusive people. They were the like warmest welcoming folks. It was really, really uh, fun. And they have competitions. I'm going to tell you right now, the most interesting conference I've ever been to was a groomer conference. And so I think what, what you're talking about, Carmen, with give us the information. We're not asking to be, be nosy. We're not asking to make you feel like a bad or a good pet owner. Right. We're asking because we care about the level of care and interest we're going to provide your pet for yes. the time that they're with us. And I think if people kind of take it with that perspective, it's a little bit easier to write down and say, yeah, so we still petrified of thunderstorms. We haven't really fixed that yet. We haven't addressed it. We're working on it. And it was a bad night last night. You know, it doesn't mean you're a bad pet owner. And that's what we say uh, all the time. We say, well, pet owners, and I include myself as a pet owner, they don't lie, but they don't always tell the truth. <laughs> they don't give you the full story. Right. The full story. We leave yes. bits out. Um, yes. Yeah, I'm and- a pet owner. I understand that. <laughs> Yeah, because it doesn't necessarily occur to me to tell you that, you know, Cosette ran like a crazy dog for, I don't know, six or eight hours yesterday because a buddy was over and she was all excited. (laughs) And so she ran around like a fool. So if she's sleeping all day today, she's not lethargic. She's just tired. (laughs) 
a right, world out. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I think, I think that's, that's a wonderful thing. If we can get pet owners to kind of open up a little bit more and answer those questions more fully, I would agree. Yeah. And not, and not take, not take any piece of information for granted. Right. And try try to think of the whole picture. So, but that's yeah. true probably across the board. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Okay. So now switching to our people, the veterinarians. Yeah. What do you think that folks wish that veterinarians knew? Like folks in the boarding and pet service industry. That pet care service providers, no matter whether they're boarding or pet sitters or dog walkers or groomers, that they now understand uh, the value of the relationship with a veterinarian and that they are raising the standards in their facilities to where uh, veterinarians should not be afraid to recommend a boarding facility they've built a relationship with because the standards for cleanliness, Mm -hmm. PPE, personal protection equipment, Mm -hmm. how we deal with accidents in our facilities, Mm -hmm. the level of education that is now happening, including uh, we are now have third-party certification like you guys have race. Mm-hmm. We have packed. Oh, I so, didn't know that. That's outstanding. Yes. yes. So yeah. we have in, slowly but surely over the past 11 years have really started to build the professionalism of what's happening inside the facility mm-hmm. to the level that veterinarians should not fear uh, boarding facilities anymore or pet yeah. sitters or dog walkers or groomers who are using wow. best practices. Wow. So that's funny. So that don't fear the ancillary service us. provider. Right. <laughs> Right. So I think the relationship, exactly. I think the relationship between veterinary medicine and, and all, and, you know, especially groomers and, and da- doggy daycares and all that uh, has really grown over the last, what, exponentially over the last, what, seven, eight, eight mm-hmm. years. Yes. Right. Yes. How long has Definitely IBPSA so. been in existence? We turned 11 oh, on look March at that. Big shock. of this year. <laughs> Yeah. I would call it like the driving force between yeah. that growing relationship. I have tried to every year, except for 2020, I've tried to be at a veterinarian conference someplace wow. on the trade show floor. That's where I met great. you first in That's person right. was at yes. a veterinary conference, which so, is interesting, which is because I think that most veterinarians would kind of wonder about like they, they would, they might not necessarily connect the dots about why right. you would be there. Although for me, I thought it was genius. I thought it was genius because again, there's this kind of interplay between the two worlds um, and these two very critical members of the animal care team. And so bridging that gap in an organized mm-hmm. fashion, I think is, is wonderful. And I love mm-hmm. that you have standard, right? Like, right. That, that, but your standards are inclusive. Right. Like if you're not meeting the standard, we will provide you with the resources necessary to bring you up to that standard. That's right. Yeah. That's what I think is great because standards that are are put out in an effort to exclude, I'm not, I don't, I don't care for those at all. Right. So yeah, we try to set out what we believe is the minimum standard mm -hmm. that should be. And we have, we want you to get to the higher level, but here's the minimum. So there's been a whole lot that I have received from you all, a lot of information. You guys have been mm-hmm. real supporters and it's really helped bridge, again, bridge that gap. And that's what this mm-hmm. is all about, saying well, and I the think, industry in its entirety as a team. And now you, IBPSA, you have your own conference. Yes. Yes. So we've had, this year will be our uh, ninth conference and trade show. Last year, of course, it was virtual, Mm -hmm. and this year it's going to be in Orlando, Florida, Mm -hmm. and we're going to be at the Rose and Shingle Creek. I'm really excited about that. So um, what do you think moving forward? What what do you think is going to happen post-pandemic? Do you think we're going to see a big change? Do you think 
people will be more or less interested in pets or in their in their care? Or what do you think? I think that you're going to see people really involved in their pets even more than they were in the past and involved in a way in which they're going to want those spa services. They're going mm-hmm. to want those full doggy daycares or cat daycares. They're going to want those socialization of their pets to happen in a protected environment. Mm-hmm. They're going to spend more money on food, quality food. I think that in the pandemic time, I know uh, Almost everybody I know in my social circle uh, started focusing on getting healthy, eating healthier. Yep. And so that in turn meant that their pets were going to be healthier. Right? Oh, yeah. So I started to see a change in what they were doing for themselves and mm-hmm. taking their pets for walks. And I even have people that have started training their cats to take them for walks on lead. You know, they just wanted to get out and they thought, okay, I'll take my cat and we'll go on walks, you know, with the cat. And that is and a thing, everybody. It is. Chatterboxes out there, taking your cat on a walk, like getting a harness for your cat and taking them on a walk. It's a thing. It is. It is. Yeah. And so I saw, I saw a change in the quality of food that's being bought. People are paying more attention to the food. Mm-hmm. Also, um, I see that when they're coming into boarding facilities for grooming or doggy daycare, they're asking for extra services. So one of the things that came out of of COVID specifically last year was how do we provide services to pet owners when they're not bringing their pets into boarding. So we started delivering services to their house. Like we deliver enrichment games and say, here's the game. Here's how you do the game. We'll be back in seven days. We'll take that game away. We'll deliver you a new game. Wow. Cool. I never heard of that. That's really smart. That is. So now they're like, can my dog get that enrichment at pet? at dog daycare. So now we have whole mm-hmm. dog daycare programs surrounding enrichment programs. Yes. So, so now every, they're, at, they're paying add-on for that. Every Border Collie owner everywhere just said, thank you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I, th- I think, Carmen, you're right about, about um, it's the pandemic for all of its terribleness opened everyone's eyes to the, yes. the joy of the pet owner relationship and how, how much they were missing out. If they already had mm, pets, how much yes. they're missing out that didn't have pets. And right. those like Dr. Jen, the vet, went out and got a pet, uh, realized how awesome mm-hmm. they can be. And so I do think there is real potential for that to just kind of trend up or maybe mm-hmm. not exponentially right. like it maybe did in 2020, but probably mm-hmm. trending Continuing the trend and organizations like IBPSA kind of help bridge that situation, right. make it better for everybody. So, right. I think it's great. so if we look at the numbers internationally, dollar value internationally. So um, back in 2019, mm-hmm. uh, there was a survey done that in, in the international sector, we're considered a luxury we're put into the luxury ticket, if we can say that. The amount of dollars spent international around the world was over $80 billion on the luxury side of pet care. Wow. So that included- Billion with a B. B as in boy. Wow. I know. Yeah. Is everyone doing the Austin Powers peaky tier? Like, oh, you're going to date yourself. Yeah. So if that was where we were going in 2019, in 2020, we have now almost, for for a lot of areas, we saw that there weren't pets to adopt. I mean, at one point they were lined up in New York waiting for adopted Mm -hmm. pets. That was short-lived, but that was happening. The fact that it even happened for five minutes is crazy, right? It's it's really crazy. It is. It is. So if we know that we have this many more pet owners Mm -hmm. now, out there, then how much more is that going to increase internationally over 2021? Yeah. And where are we going to land in January of 2022? So 
And how how much higher on the social strata can the pet climb in America? I mean, I'm like they're already no. taking over, right? Not and much no. higher. Not much higher. There's <laughs> like they. I think they have like a not a glass ceiling, like a real ceiling. They've now like they hit the ceiling. <laughs> They've already got like the the highest position they can have. But I do I I do think that's a great thing. Another thing I think is positive about that is what that tells me is that our population as a whole is empathetic and maybe mm-hmm. maybe becoming slightly more so because you don't seek out that level of care. You don't invest that amount of interest and time and money into providing the best care you can for another creature unless you've become more empathetic and more compassionate. So I think that bodes well for society as a whole. (laughs) I agree. I agree. And I think um, having their experience of being home with their pet Mm 24-7, the whole family being home with the pet 24-7 has really opened eyes and minds to how intelligent the animals really are. Mm-hmm. and how understanding they are, how much they know about us that we didn't know that they knew. Right. And so now we're learning more about them, things yeah. that we didn't know that we yep. didn't know in this human-animal bond relationship, right? So yes. I think that's improved greatly. Um, you know, in my industry, since it was founded as an industry, we have never had a downturn year. We grew by 3 to 4% year over year over year, every uh-huh. year. 2020 might be the only year that we plateaued out. Uh-huh. But already this year, we're seeing, even though people are not traveling as much, it's mm-hmm. going to happen. Right. Um, Boarding facilities are back up. They're getting back up to full capacity, starting to get full capacity in some places. And um, we did a short mini poll a week ago from our membership to find out, hey, did you guys raise your rates or anything like that? They did. So um, you're going to die, folks. One facility had had put their rates at 54%. Whoa. And not one one pet owner said, what? They said, oh, okay. Because they love their pet service. Because they love their pet. Love their yeah, pet. It's going to be. It's going to be weird, you know, looking back uh, historically, financially on some of these things. Not just mm-hmm. not just this industry, but a lot. Because I mean, it wasn't like it wasn't like they they chose to shut down. They just right. they weren't allowed to be open. So right. you almost have to put an asterisk by it and say, okay, doesn't count. We're still trending up, even though. It, Right, it plateau. Right. It's just not something that has even historically right. happened, right? Right, it's, right. Shut down private business. It just doesn't happen. Right. Yeah. Boarding facilities were able to open up. Even we got it open. It was took about six weeks, but we yep. got we went to every legislator and said, "Look, we're taking care of pets for first responders and frontline workers. Um, you got to let us open." And you plus, know, there were a lot it, of people when they were sick, like people who got COVID, they wanted to board their they pets because they pets. didn't yeah. want to risk it because, right. you know, we didn't really right. know at that time. And then even beyond that, they're like, I'm sick. I kind of need to focus on taking care of me. <laughs> right. So right. I need right. to board my pet. I mean, that's a right. le- legitimate thing. And so I think having that service available um, uh, was was wise. I think opening back up, you yes. know, was wise, especially once we knew more about the right. science behind the, the disease. Well, Carmen Rustenbeck, I can't thank you enough for coming into the chat room and chatting about not only the boarding and pet service industry, but just pet ownership in general. Some real, uh, real good and novel information, I think, that you're providing us and um, and more, more to be had. If you if you want some more, you can find find out at ibpsa.com. And again, we'll put the link in the show notes and in the description. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I've enjoyed my time with you both. Dr. Jason, 
You got anything else for Carmen? It's, it's been great. I, I don't have any for Carmen. I've done oh. a great job, I can tell you. But for, for all of our listeners, uh, check out the website and check it out and, and see what you can do and join. Uh, and they have a lot of good information, even if you're just just a, a pet owner, right? Just go join. Yep. There's a lot of stuff and it helps. At the end of the day, we're all about helping the pets and that's what it's Absolutely. about. Uh, so so go check it out, learn some stuff. And, and thank you, Carmen, again for, for providing that. Thank you. Okay, so uh, that'll do it for this episode of Chats with the Chatfields. I'm Dr. Jen. And I'm Dr. Jason. And we'll catch you all on the next episode. This episode was brought to you by Rescue Disinfectants, your one step for cleaning and disinfection.